welcome to everyone today. And I see some guests this morning, and we are so happy to have you. And I see a couple of guests that I think you've been here several times now, but this may be your first time to ever hear me uh, preach. And um, so welcome. I I know there's one person this morning that I am making extremely happy by preaching, and that's that's my grandmother because I am her all-time favorite preacher. So, but if you're watching online, we welcome you today as well. Pray that you're blessed by this service this morning. Ephesians chapter three and verse number eight. And uh, if you were here last Sunday morning, you you probably are going to recognize these verses, but. As Brother Hurt was ministering, there was also some other things the Lord was impressing upon my spirit, and I felt that that's what I was supposed to share this morning. So Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse number 8. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is the grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Somebody say those last four words with me. Unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. That's my heart. Not just that Christ may dwell amongst us. But that Christ may dwell in your hearts. By faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all saints. What is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. Amen. Verse number 8 in the Amplified Bible says it this way. To me... Though I am the very least of all the saints, God's consecrated people, 
This grace, favor, privilege, was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ. Wealth which no human being could have searched out. And then the Message Bible, verse 8. When it came to presenting the the message to people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. I want to preach to you this morning about the unsearchable riches. The unsearchable riches. God, thank you for your presence In this place today, thank you for the privilege once again of being in your presence. Thank you for your spirit that is already working and moving in this sanctuary today. And I pray now that you would continue to minister and you would do that through your word. God, that you would speak to our hearts and our lives today. That we would hear not a sermon this morning, but a message that would come from you I trust you today and depend upon you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The King James says the unsearchable riches. The Amplified says the unending riches. The boundless, fathomless, incalculable riches. And exhaustless. And again the message Bible says. The inexhaustible riches. And generosity. Of God. The unsearchable riches. As as brother. uh, As brother Hurt was ministering last week. And and, uh, those of you that may not know me very well. Have not heard me minister very much. I, I. my, my formative years of ministry was in youth ministry. And, and I learned quickly the value of an object lesson. And that it was really helpful to, to give some kind of object lesson as often as you could. And so my, my, my mind works that way. My, my ministry has worked that way for a long time now. And, and so as, as Brother Hurt was ministering last weekend about the unsearchable riches, I, I got to thinking about this. Some of you, I think, it's your very first time here today. So as you, as you entered the building and started up the stairs, you, you were walking into unfamiliar space. As you came up and walked into the sanctuary you 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 looked around and for the first time you observed this space and as time has gone on this morning you are now more and more familiar i watch 
quite often as a guest gets up at some point perhaps throughout the service and makes their way out the back door pretty obviously going to the restroom and sometimes you can see them as they step through the glass doors and they're kind of looking and and then all of a sudden they get to the hallway and they see signs and they head down the hallway. So if you're a guest this morning, right out the doors, the hallway to your left is where the bathrooms are. There's a whole lot of you this morning that you don't even think about it anymore. You don't think about coming up to the stairs. And until we block seats off because of social distancing, some of you didn't even walk in and look around and go, hmm, where am I going to sit today? Some of you have got your spot. And I'm actually, I think, fall in a different category than a lot of pastors. And I am thankful you have your spot. As long as if somebody happens to beat you to your spot, you don't try to throw them out of your spot. You, you don't even think about it. And, and, and again, many of you, you don't even think about going out those doors and where the restrooms are. You, you back to the, those of you that maybe it's your first time when we conclude service today, we will dismiss starting at the back row by row because of COVID-19 guidelines that we are abiding by. And you're going to head out the back doors and you're going to go down a stairwell you've never seen before. And you're going to walk outside to what usually is the entrance and you're going to probably have a moment of a little bit of uncertainty. Where am I? And you're going to look to the left and there's the car. There's a whole lot of others of you, you're not even going to think about it because you have become so familiar with the space and you know it all. And as I was sitting here thinking last week, that's where a lot of people are in the riches of God. You have only come to a place where you are now familiar. And the problem is... Familiarity breeds, I think it's contempt, whatever else. That's why you need a second honeymoon. And a couple of weeks later, you need a third honeymoon. Sometimes a couple of days later, you need a fourth honeymoon. Because you, you, need, you need a fresh spark. Because the more familiar something gets, I heard somebody say complacent. The more familiar you get with something, the more complacent. And, 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 and there's some of you that the initial excitement of the experience of the presence of God has begun to wear off because you've only ever come into the sanctuary. What a lot of you in this room have absolutely no clue of right now is that right on the other side of that wall, pretty much between the column and the, the bump out there, right on the other side there, there's a closet that's about three feet deep. This end of that closet, there's a two-drawer filing cabinet. These walls right here, right on the other side, there's some shelves that are mounted. There's also right in the other side of that wall, there's a, there's a three-shelf, three or four, about, I think a three-shelf bookcase. Down the other end towards the right, there's uh, some plastic shelves that have a bunch of boxes sitting on them. There's also a bunch of stuff on the floor that you'd have to step over if you were going in that closet. I know that so well because that's my closet. Just beyond that closet, there's actually a whole other closet the same width, about another three foot deep. This end of that closet, there's another two-drawer filing cabinet. There's also mounted shelves above that. There's now a bunch of pictures that are on the wall that 
used to be out in the office, but as redecorating has happened, they're not the prime stuff anymore, and so I don't want to get rid of them, so now they're on the wall. There's two doors that make you that that you can enter into that closet that when you open those two doors now, there's also a bunch of old photos that I've now taped on there. Just to the left over there, facing out that way with two windows behind it is a desk. There's a computer on the right side of that desk, a keyboard. There's several shelves on each side with black baskets. And If you go through those doors right there, some of you have no idea what's you go through there. You'll take a couple of steps down into a hallway. You'll walk down that hallway and enter a door, and just to the right will be... Josh Lewis's desk on the floor will be a great place to clean your shoes off if you got mud on them because there's a big old army rug there. Hey, he dishes it out, so he better be able to take it. You walk through there, you can take another couple of steps down to what's a big storage area. You go through there, you take some steps down that used to be just an old rickety set of steps down into a shop area where all of Brother Whaley's tools were. But now you go through there and it's now, I don't know how you what you call this, what the technical term, but you go down part of those steps, you make a U-turn and you come back the rest of them. When you do that, you'll now be in a room that there's several desks and Brother Tino Owens' workspace is over here towards the wall facing... Cut through, there's a door. When you come down those steps, it's right in front of you. You step into that, there's a hallway. If you turn right, it'll take you outside, out onto the patio. If you go straight, it'll take you into the studio where Bishop and others of us have done things. A bunch of you never know that. You didn't have any idea. Now you know. Would you like to know the rest of the building downstairs? I can tell you that too. I can tell you that because since this building was built, I have spent more time here probably than any place else beside, except for my own house. I know where closets are. I know where things are stored. I know where all kinds of stuff is. Because I have searched out beyond this sanctuary. There's some, there's some pretty, neat, pretty cool decorated spaces. You go out back down those steps and start down that hallway. I was also... Uh, Brother Jalen Mock's office, and man, he 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 might have, I, it pains me to say it, he might have the coolest decorated office in the building. I'd like to think mine is, but I mean, he's got some pretty cool stuff. Got a big old screen, TV screen on the wall. Can I tell somebody today, there's some really awesome stuff that happens in this room. There's some really wonderful things that happen when God works and moves in this room. But if all you ever do is literally, but all more so figuratively, if all you ever do is this is as far as you get, you have not come anywhere near the unsearchable riches that God has for you. Because while I highly value everything that happens in this sanctuary, some of the most valuable things I've ever experienced was not in this sanctuary. It wasn't the riches that I have seen in this 
this sanctuary. Some of the most valuable experiences is when I've been all by myself someplace and there was not a preacher with a microphone. It was not somebody teaching or preaching, but just me all by myself. And I'm going through this book and all of a sudden I read something and light bulbs go off and something I didn't understand, something I hadn't comprehended, all of a sudden becomes clear to me. The unsearchable. Unsearchable doesn't mean you can't find them. Unsearchable means, again, you can't exhaust them. If you have reached a place where you have feel like you are satisfied in your relationship with God, it is not because you have achieved all that God has for you. It is not because there's no more than what you have. It's just you've gotten used to walking into the sanctuary and finding your seat. And whatever you get at that dimension is good enough. But I've come to tell somebody today, there are unsearchable riches that as long as you search as much as you search all you're going to do is find more and more and more I don't know where my wife got the idea I don't know if it was original to her but we started when the kids were very young we did Easter baskets and I don't want to offend anybody if you don't believe in all of that the Easter bunny did not bring the baskets We didn't tell them the Easter Bunny brought the baskets. If you choose to tell your kids that some of those things are real, I pray for you. So it wasn't about the Easter Bunny. It was about a good chance to just have some fun and give the kids some stuff that they may not get as much as they would like to, i.e. some sweets and treats. But I think from the very beginning when we started to do this, we did it by a jelly bean trail (laughs) and each kid had their own trail and it would wind them through and around and over and under and at the end of the trail was their basket some of y'all you you know what if you like jelly beans you pick up a couple of those jelly beans and chew on them you may that may be good enough but there's also a whole lot more at the end of the jelly beans that, that, that may be okay, but you haven't even come close to what is fully available. Do you know why I continue? I'm 48 years old. I am relishing every opportunity to say that because I got a little over a month and a half to still say that. I'm looking forward to saying the nine in there. I've been born and raised. My parents founded this church. I, 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 I've been going to at least three services a week all of my life. A lot of times more. The reason this is not old to me is because this isn't the extent of the riches I know. The reason this isn't old is because I keep finding out other things and other places on my own and other situations. Sometimes I find that out just sitting around the table with some other believers and just talking about some things and all of a sudden more riches, more things about God that I had no idea, didn't understand, are made available even more.
all you ever do is just come into the sanctuary. If that's the only riches. I, I, I guess I could say it this way. I feel sorry for you. Because again, I, I love what happens here. I love what takes place here. But this is, this is only a portion. If you don't know what it's like to be laying on your bed at night going through some difficult times and, and maybe you're battling fear and you're going through circumstances that you're just struggling with and, and not here in the presence of other people and in the presence of God but all by yourself you just simply begin to whisper that name you, you don't have to yell it and disturb the entire house you can just simply whisper that name and all of a sudden you can, you can feel begin to feel some peace settle over you and and you can begin to feel the torment in your mind and all of those fearful thoughts begin to subside and all of a sudden you now discover a whole nother part of the riches of God that you never got in this setting or in some other settings and I say again every time that happens you are not close to the end of finding out everything God has You've only stepped into another dimension, but there are still unsearchable, inexhaustible riches. I, we, we, I know we all, everybody has your own different preferences and tastes and whatever, but when, when, when we travel, when, our, when my immediate family travels, we, we don't want to if we're out of town, we don't want to eat at all the chain restaurants we can eat at here. You, you, you travel with my dad, and, and, and uh, he wants to go to Cracker Barrel, a couple of those other places just like we have here. We, we don't want that. I can get that here. I can get those things at home. I, I want to go someplace that... That that I, I I can't go here. I wanna I wanna I wanna go to a restaurant because I I wanna taste something. It may be the same kind of food. I, I I'm not as adventurous as some. But but I just I don't want it the same old same old. The last couple of weeks in trying to be good hosts, I I don't impose. We're going out to fellowship and eat with our guests. I don't I don't just impose this is where we're going I try to always ask what is your preference and uh, there have been a couple of times that as we were discussing after a service where we were going to go eat Brother Hurt said uh, basically said he didn't want Mexican food I'm like okay I mean he likes Indian food he's all Mediterranean food and Okay, so the other day we were we were at lunch, and finally I said, I, I got a question. You, do you not like Mexican food? Oh, I like Mexican food. I, I just don't want it from Chevy's. I said, oh, join the club. <laughs> he says, I, I like it from a taco truck. I said, you should have said something. There are things that if all you do is stay in what's comfortable, you will never know what is beyond. 
And, and I've come this morning, I felt it last week, and I've come this morning with a, with, with a burden for some of you. Because all you know is just the riches that take place in a setting like this. The extent of your experiences that, that you have had is just what happens in settings along these lines. You, you, you don't really know what it's like. I, I, so many times, I, 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 I don't just listen to preaching when I'm at church. One of the things I enjoy doing is, is finding a message and I'll, I'll do it while I'm working in my office and I'll have preaching playing in the background because I, I think preaching in the Word of God is absolutely essential part of our lives. And, 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 and numerous times I've heard people preaching in the course of their preaching they'll say something they'll preach something I've never heard it before and and I love that experience but again that doesn't compare to when it's just Jesus and I and no one else around and I'm reading and I'm studying and all of a sudden for myself notice notice what notice what Paul said he, he said I, I, I want I want you, I want you to know, I've come to declare to you what are the unsearchable. I don't want you to take my word for it. What Paul's saying was, I I don't want the extent of, of, of what's going on in your life to just be taking my word for it. The psalmist said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see, because you know when it when it comes to food, there is no there is no blogger. I don't care how good they are, that has the vocabulary to adequately decri- describe the taste of something good. Until you taste, you just don't know. You might try to imagine, but until you actually taste, you just don't know. And the psalmist said, taste, you taste. Don't, don't, don't take my word for it. Don't go by what I've said. Don't go by my experiences. You taste and you see that the Lord is good. Romans 11.33, Paul says something similar to what we read in Ephesians 11.33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. Again, His ways past finding out. That, that doesn't mean you, you can't f- understand and learn some things. That means that you can never find all there is. That means as, as much as you search, as, as, as much as you follow God's ways and God's paths, they are past finding out. You ever... I, I, I love this area. I've lived here all my life. I am. I, if you gave me a blank check to live anywhere in the world else, I would. I would stay right here. I know some of you don't feel that way. I. I they offer counseling, and they, you can get some. <laughs> I know. I, I am very 
prejudice when it comes to this area. But one of the things, one of the things, if, if you've never really left the city, it, it's really kind of hard at night on a really clear night when you look up and you see some stars, but when there's all kinds of light pollution around you, if you have never had the experience of being out in the middle of nowhere, where there's not a bunch of city lights and it's a clear night. If you've ever just laid down on the ground or on a bench or something and just laid there for a little while, the longer you look, the more you see. Several years ago, our, my family, we were, on, we were away on vacation. We were in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I can't remember if it was either some, supposed to be some kind of a meteor shower or a comet. I can't remember, but something like that was happening. And so we got in the van and drove out a little ways out from the city and found this spot. I think it was kind of along the river, and we were... We were in our in our minivan, and I don't remember. I think Timothy was one of them. I think somebody else, but a couple of them got up on the roof and laid down on the roof. And I think I was just kind of laid back on the on the hood of the car. And 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 not only did did we stare, and the more we stared, the more stars we saw. We never saw what it was was happening. I don't know whatever that phenomenon was supposed to happen. We didn't see that. But I tell you what we did see, we saw a bunch of shooting stars. Because the longer you lay there and just look, the more you see. If all you do is come in here on Sunday morning and just get a quick glimpse, let me tell you something. Are you seeing some of them? Yes, you are. Are you experiencing some of God in this place? Absolutely. At least you should be. But you know what? There's a lot of pollution I don't mean that really negatively necessarily. My, my point is, you're only getting a certain glimpse of Him in this setting. But if you would ever decide to go beyond this and find yourself a place, figuratively speaking, to lay down and just, just look, I'm going to tell you there are some things about Him that you have never seen yet. There are some things about Him you have never experienced yet. And, and again, when you do experience some of those things you haven't experienced yet, that is only one more step in the journey. But you have still not come anywhere near because it is unsearchable riches. Colossians 1.25, Paul says this, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus one day was walking with His disciples, and in the, in the course of their journey, he, 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 he asks them a question. He says, Who do men say 
that I am? What are, what are, the, what are the rumors about me? What is, what is the popular opinion about me? And they immediately began to respond with the answer to that. Some say you're Elijah. Some, some say you're a prophet, a good teacher. Some, that's what they say. Today, we ask the question, we could say it this way, what, what, what does the internet say about who Jesus is? What does social media say about who Jesus is? What, what do our universities say about who Jesus is? And, and I'm pretty sure a bunch of you could have an answer. Because you've heard what they say. And usually what they say is oftentimes negative. Not necessarily the things that the disciples were, they weren't necessarily negative, but none of those things came anywhere close to describing who Jesus is. And so he asks the second question. First question was, who do men say? Who do they say that I am? But then he asks the second question. And I ask you this question this morning. He said, who do you say that I am? Now that we have established who they say I am, and you know what they say, I want to see how much what they say affects what you say. Peter responded confidently. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I think really part of what Peter was saying was, I don't really care what they say. I don't really care who they say you are. I'm not really bothered by who they say because I've sat around with you when nobody else was there and I've heard you share some truths that there was no way for us to know and understand. I've seen you do some things that no one else has seen you do. I've watched you and I've observed you and so this is who you are. Oh, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few people here this morning that you are swayed by what they say. But oh, my friend, once you get your own taste and your own experience for yourself, you reach the point, it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter if they think we're crazy because we believe in God. It, It doesn't matter if they think we're crazy because our faith in we have in something we can't see. It It doesn't matter because I have seen, I have tasted, I have experienced for myself. And once that happens... It's really, really hard to take that away. I've come as a minister so that you can know the mystery. That that word mystery there, it's not about it's not meant to be something that is 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 mystical. It's not something that is that can't be known and understood. One of the one of the one of the arguments when it comes to understanding the Godhead, whether or not there's three gods or one God, is well, it's it's a mystery. That's not what that word means in the Greek language. That word means it's a it's a secret, but it is a secret that God desires to reveal. I've heard my wife say this many times now in our years of ministering to couples 
sometimes in group settings and other times in a one-on-one setting. Every, every, every married couple, you need, you need to have secrets. There needs to be things that the two of you know about your relationship and things you've done that nobody else knows. I don't mean because it's not, not that there's something wrong. I don't mean bad or wrong stuff. But it's stuff that is, it's, it's, it's precious. It's, 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 it's valuable to just the two of you. That's what, that's what Paul is talking about here. He's not saying these mysteries that have been hidden because they're never to be known. What he's saying is there are some things that God has intentionally designed in such a way that the average observer is not going to ever see. I've been hunting one time and I will never go again. And I bet you if I ask you why you think I would never go again, you'd never guess why. Because you probably would guess it was such a horrible experience, I would never go again. And actually the reason I will never go again is it was too good of a... Everything went too well. I, I, Brother Richards is probably the... This probably isn't a word, but I'm going to make it up. The avidest hunter of all time at Antioch. I mean, he's been all over the place. He's done these treks through the woods and left in the wilderness all by himself. We, 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 we went two days in a row. The first day we went, sat a couple hours, didn't see anything. Second day we went, we're driving to the spot where we're going to hunt. And all of you that are Bambi protection people, sorry. Somebody did eat the meat, I promise you, so it wasn't just... We were driving in and, and we stopped. We were in, it was in Washington State. We were driving back on this dirt road into some mountains. And we're driving kind of up the side of this mountain, this dirt road. And, and, and we stopped. We get out. I was with Brother Larry Schoonover and uh, one of the guys from his church who was like Brother Richards when it comes to hunting. He gets out and he walks up by the, by the side of the road and, 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 he, and he looks down into this kind of valley air and he's looking in these trees. And I'm looking and I'm like, Nice scenery. And after just a moment or two, he goes, there, there's a deer right down there. I'm like, yeah, right. Where? Right right down. I look again. I, I don't see it. He begins to point out the spot, and I, I, I begin now to actually see it. You see, he, he's learned to see some things. He, he, he's trained himself to recognize things. Some of us aren't crazy. We've just, we've just learned how. If the only thing you ever hear when it's preached is what the preacher is saying, you still are missing something. Because there's a lot of times when I'm sitting in this chair and somebody's up there preaching, I'm hearing what you're saying, but also in my mind. Bishop, you ever watch Bishop every now and then? He'll say, man, I hope people don't think I'm texting because if you ever see Bishop sitting here, move over six feet. <laughs> you ever see Bishop sitting here? He can handle it. You ever see Bishop sitting there, man? He's usually got his phone out. And that one finger. Hi, Bishop, if you're watching. I don't know how y'all do that. Why? Because 
the man of God as the conduit is saying one thing from God. But as that's happening, there's some other riches. It's not just what he said. There's some other riches that are being made available to those that learn. Okay, hey, that's good. I'll take that. But hey, is there more than that? Because if there's more than that, I don't just want that. Unsearchable. For all of you that are curious about the rest of that story, I got out of the car, looked, walked up about 15, 20 feet from the car, knelt down on a rock that was about that big on the side of the road, put my elbow, took the rifle, took one shot, and dropped the deer. And I will never go hunting again. (laughs) Of course, the other part of that story, I have to be truthful and honest, is they wanted me to help drag the deer, and I didn't want to touch the deer. Then they wanted to know if I wanted to gut the deer, and I wanted nothing to do with that either. So y'all going to have all that stuff. You see, my, my, my part of my point to that whole story is if you don't, if you don't learn to start going, wait a minute, I, I see that. What else is there? What else is there that God is trying to show me? Because I promise you, there are things that God wants each individual to discover. Not necessarily that it's something that no one else has discovered. But God wants you to discover for yourself. Not just simply what someone else says. There are some folks that never pray because they prayed a few minutes here and there and they don't. I've already referenced my grandmother this morning. If I've ever known a praying woman person in my life, my grandmother is a praying woman. Who knows how many hours, probably I I know I could say thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of hours she has spent in prayer in her lifetime. Let me tell you something. If the extent of your prayer is, Lord, bless this food, sanctify it in Jesus' name, amen. If that's the only thing you really know about prayer, I can understand why you don't pray. But when you start to experience by yourself some of the riches that are available... And then he begins to reveal more riches, more riches. That's why things that to some people they think they are, how does that not become old? The reason it doesn't become old is because what you don't understand is that they are discovering more and more and more. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 is one of My favorite verses in all of the Bible. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Brother Bert, the next time the devil comes by trying to tell you that the reason you've gone through this is because God is so angry and upset with you, I want you to tell him Jeremiah 29 and 11. God's thoughts toward me are thoughts of peace. They're not of evil. God's thoughts about me is not thoughts that He hates me and He's mad at me. God's thoughts towards me are good. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. Verse number 13. Listen, listen, this is the last verse I'm going to read. 
you shall seek me and find me. But there's a condition on this. You're going to find me when? When are you going to find him? When you search with all of your heart. You're not going to find him when you just make a casual glance. The Message Bible says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. The problem is too many times we take a quick glance, but our heart is not really in it. So we don't see anything and we don't find anything and we come to the wrong conclusion. I've I've used this many times throughout my ministry since... We've had kids especially. My wife will say, can you, can you go in the refrigerator, go here, go, whatever, go look in the laundry room and get such and such? Sure, no problem. Go to the laundry room. Come back. It's not in there. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's in there. Fine, I'll go look again. Look, it's not there. Oftentimes the statement is, go look for it like your life depended on it. And you know what? There's sometimes I've gone back in much fear and trembling and looked again. And I still didn't see it. And I went back with even more confidence. It's not there. It is there. No, it's not. I'll show you. Fine, show me. Go in there together. She walks in. I looked there. Somebody was playing a trick on me. It was there. I know I'm getting old now because I've had a couple times in the last couple of weeks. I I have no reason to say this. Nobody knows this. I have no reason to admit this. Where's my glasses? I'm leaving. I need my glasses. Where, Where did I put them? Oh, they're hanging on my shirt. Why sometimes... You can walk into an atmosphere like this and just take a little look around. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they're doing that. I don't see anything. I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't feel anything. Maybe it's because you're just taking a quick, casual, non-life-threatening glance. I watch... I watch I, some of you, I, I, probably not most of you, but I think sometimes there's some folks that have, you know, you thought, man, I, I'd like to be one of those people that sit up there. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You know, one of the benefits, no offense to anybody this morning, but you know, one of the benefits to sitting close, the closer you are, the less the distractions are. The further back you are, the more distractions. I will, 
two years ago, one or two years ago, we had I had preached on a Sunday afternoon for Brother Tavares, and and uh, we it was at Antioch United. That was when we were doing Sunday nights, still Antioch United, and we got to service late. Came in the back door, and the ushers sat us on the literally the back row. That's all that was available. I wasn't going to walk up to the platform. I think Bishop was already ministering. I wasn't going to. And I sat back there, and by the end of that service, I'm thinking, again, no offense, I love all y'all, I do. But I, got to, I don't know how anybody goes, from the, goes to heaven from the back of the church. I don't have ADD. A bunch of y'all have ADD. My wife has ADD, so don't get mad at me. I'm not throwing anybody. I don't have ADD. And I'm like, oh, he's so clear. Oh, look at what they're wearing. Oh, there goes somebody to the bathroom. Oh, there goes somebody else to the bathroom. Oh, here comes a two-year-old down the aisle heading to the bathroom, wanting to give everybody a high five along the way. Oh, yeah, there's something being preached right now I should be listening to. So that's actually magnified up here because at least if you're sitting the further back, I guess the benefit of further back is you don't see faces. Because not only do we see everyone, we see faces. Sometimes those faces are very intimidating. Sometimes it looks like scowls on faces. But what's amazing is one of the things I think you have to learn to do up here is if you're going to look at people, you've got to decide who am I going to look at. And so some of you, Ought to be really, really extra sweet since it's my first time to preach in a month. But some of you don't have to worry. I never look at you. I never look at you. Because I learned a while ago if I looked at you, it completely shattered my confidence. Because I'm like, if the way they look, is any indicator of how well I am doing and how good of a preacher I am, I need to quit now. I literally have watched people file nails in the middle of preaching. Before God, I have watched it. But then there's others you look at. I'd call a couple names. But I'm not going to do that because I don't want you from now on going, Oh my God, Brother Wright's looking at me. But there are a few of you, I know exactly where to look. Because if it's during worship, your hands are going to be up. Your eyes are going to be closed. Some of you, it's a common thing to watch as tears flow down your face. If it's a faster song, some of you, you're going you're gonna, to you're move in your worship. You have, to, you have to choose where to look. And what I got into all of that really for this. It often puzzles me how 150, 200, 300 people can be in the exact same room, Brother Johnson. And you can watch as some people, when they get up and leave, walk out feeling like they have had one of the most awesome experiences they've ever had. Replaying in their mind what God has just done and how God has just touched them. 
and in the same exact place you can walk others, watch others get up and walk out sort of with the attitude that says, well, I am glad that's over. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm not trying to be offensive. I, I, I'm trying to challenge somebody here today because the bottom line is if you've been coming here for 50 years, the history of this church, which no, no one besides Bishop and Mother Wright have been, but some of you have been here 40, 45 years. We can never reach the point where we become satisfied. The Apostle Paul says this, this blows my mind with all that God had done through him, with all of the impact that he had had. He says, it's not as though I have already achieved everything there is. I I have not gained all there is to gain. He says, in fact, there's there's still more. And so I let go. I forget about what is behind because I, I want to reach forward because there's always something more. Would you, if you would, please, just right where you are, would you just bow your head, close your eyes and... And, and, and I think there's somebody in this moment, right here in this moment, there, there is for you some, some riches that you've never discovered before that God would like to give you in this moment right now. And some of you, it's not about what God wants to give you in this moment right now, but it's a desire God wants to stir up within you that when you leave this place today, you recognize, I am so thankful for what I have experienced. I am so thankful for what I have learned and what I have understood about God. But if there are unsearchable riches and there are still more things that I can discover and learn and understand. If if there is still a depth to my relationship with God beyond what I have, I want that. I want that. Oh, taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good taste and see taste and see in the name of Jesus Father I pray for every individual in this sanctuary today thank you for what every one of us has discovered so far thank you for the riches that we every one of us has experienced to this point but God, one of the things that's so awesome about you is whatever level we may be at individually, we, we, we may, some of us may sit here today and we've experienced more of your riches than others have. No matter what degree of you we have come to know and learn and understand, there is always, always so much more. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for somebody today that maybe, maybe feel, maybe the familiarity has started to breed contempt. Maybe the familiarity has caused things to start to get old and desires are waning and interests are being turned to other things to satisfy that today there would be an understanding that if I'm not satisfied with you anymore, God, 
If I'm not fulfilled anymore by my relationship with you, my walk with you, it's not because I have reached the end and it's now no more available. It's simply because you are trying to take me to another level, another dimension, another place where there's more things in you to discover. But as I read just a few moments ago, That doesn't happen just by a casual glance. That doesn't happen just by a casual looking around. You got to put your heart in it. You got to make up your mind. If there is more, if you've got more for me, God, I'm going to go after that. If there is more available, I'm going to pursue it with everything I've got. And He promises when you do that you will find him when you make up your mind to not just casually look for him when you make up your mind to not just conveniently look but you make up your mind I will search with all of my heart you will find him Scripture says He's not far from us. Even in those moments where it may feel like He's so far away, He's never far from us. Sometimes He hides Himself from us not to punish us, but to see if the level of our hunger and desire is enough to say, God, I'm going after You. In Jesus' name, In Jesus' name. Just a few more moments. I I know some of you may be ready to go, and I respect that. But for those that may be still in a season of prayer, nothing else, just... Just a few more moments here. I really believe there's some people in this place today that God is desperate for you to know unsearchable riches that He has for you. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Anybody have a desire? Still for a few more moments. You're not worried about a clock. You're not worried about plans for this afternoon. You're not, you're not thinking about the fellowship this evening and what you're going to do, what you're going to bring. But there's, there's something inside of you that says, God, I... I need, I want to be in your presence in this moment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If it's appropriate, somebody nearby you and they're praying or you're praying, you want to join together with them for a moment, would you do that? In Jesus' name.
Some of the greatest riches that God wants to reveal are not in a moment of crazy emotion and demonstration. It's just, it's just quiet moments like this. I think part of the reason for that is it helps you know it's not about hype. It's not about somebody just pumping you up. It's not about emotion, even though there may be emotion. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let somebody discover something they've never discovered in you before, God. Let somebody experience something they've never experienced before. Let somebody seek for more with all of their heart so they can find it. In the name of Jesus. anybody feels that way right now would you would you stand and lift your hands and would you tell him that I want more Jesus I'm not satisfied I'm not content I'm not going to be complacent to just come into familiar surroundings and that be enough I want more I want to see things about you I've never seen before. I want to find things out about you I've never known before. I want to hear things from you for myself that is not just what comes through somebody else. I want more. If there's more, I want more. If there's more, I want more. Oh, come on. I I know I've said it's not about this sanctuary, but I also believe that in this moment right now, God is wanting to reveal some more to somebody. I'm not contradicting what I preached, but I do feel that in this moment right now, God is is introducing some of you to more. And part of the reason is because in a moment like this, Your faith may be a little stronger than when you're on your own. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Come on. The Holy Ghost is moving in this place right now. Again, I I respect there may be some of you that are ready to go. And if you just got to do that, you can go. But oh, the Spirit of the Lord is revealing something to somebody right now they didn't know. God's showing somebody something new right now. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The unsearchable riches, they're not for the preacher. They're not for the evangelist. They're not for certain people. Those unsearchable riches are available to every believer, every child of God. 
It's not for the inside group. It's not for a select few. Unsearchable riches are available to you individually. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, the Holy Ghost is doing something in this sanctuary right now. I want more. I thank you for everything I've got from you, God. I thank you for everything you've already done in my life. I thank you for everything you've already showed me. I thank you for everything you've already said. But I want more. I know there's more, and I want more. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's the first step of more. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost and spoken in other tongues, that's the first step. You can do that today. You can have that right now. Because I promise you God wants to give it way more than you even want it. As much as you and I may want more, God wants to give it even more than we want it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More. More. If you feel like you're stagnant today, if you feel like you've been complacent, don't let the devil tell you because that's because you've reached the extent of what God has. Oh, if you could recognize that God actually allows us God actually allows us to come to those places of feeling dissatisfied, feeling stagnant and complacent because He wants us to have more. He wants to show more. He wants to reveal more. Jesus, we want more. We're not satisfied. Thankful, yes. Grateful, yes, Lord. We appreciate everything that you've done. We appreciate all of the riches you have already revealed, but you've got more, so we're not satisfied. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. From a natural perspective, there are people that have given their lives literally invested their lives in reaching for a goal, a dream, 
and many have succeeded athletes living all their lives with a dream of winning the Super Bowl winning the World Series winning the NBA championship reaching that point only to find out they're still empty but Jesus Jesus always has more you don't ever have to worry or be afraid that you will come to the end of what he has available for you there's always more there's always more hallelujah just another moment please some of you can easily recognize that God is still doing something if for no other reason can we just respect the atmosphere to allow the presence of the Lord to finish what He's doing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.